Tonight's message is entitled Unusual Instructions. And I am so excited that God's finally allowing me to release this word because it's been incubating for years. And he gave me a prophecy about it. And a lot of times if he gives me a prophetic word, then, you know, within a few weeks or so, he'll give me a sermon to go with it and I get to release it. Not this time. This this came on June the 23rd of 2012. And tonight is the first time that he has allowed me to share it. So I am excited. Um, I was praying about what God would have me share in this service. And I hadn't really thought about this word for a while, but it started coming up in my spirit. And I'm like, somewhere in some notebook, somewhere, I have written that prophecy down. Lots of luck, huh? Um, if you're like me and you've taken many notes and written things down, I I have yet to find a way to keep all that organized. I'm sure there is a way, but I've yet to find it. But anyway, I got out some of my old notebooks and I found it pretty quick. And so I'm like, yes, Lord. And I understood that the reason I have not released this before is because it's for the time we're living in right now. Just like what you were singing about tonight. We're going through I don't know what we're going to face. I don't know. You know, when you turn on the radio or the TV or pick up the paper tomorrow, you don't know what you're going to see. You don't know that we have never lived through times like we're living through right now. Never. And so we got to know God and we have got to be prepared when he gives us unusual instructions. But I, uh, unusual instruction. Uh, but one thing I do want to make perfectly clear. I'm going to read the prophecy in just in just just a few moments. But I want to make this perfectly clear. Unusual instructions are not goofy ideas from flaky people. They're not. You'll get there's there's tons of that out there, and we've seen it. We've seen it. In the last year or so, last two years, in immeasurable uh, proportions. But if you're out here tomorrow, Frank, and you decide to plant a cornfield, and you're out there, and you're planting your seeds, and somebody comes up to you and says, Frank, I see you're planting corn. You say, oh. Your lightning swift mind figured that out, did it? (laughs) You're planting corn, Frank. Well, the Lord says that if you plant this field of corn and you spit on it 15 times, dance the Watusi for eight minutes, when you get up in the morning, you're going to have a whole field of corn that's full grown and ready to pick. Does he know how to do the Watusi? Yeah, sure (laughs) <laughs> I bet he does. <laughs> but now you can know. I'm using something completely ridiculous on purpose. But you can know when people come up to you with goofy stuff. Because it doesn't line up with the Word of God. Well, what doesn't line up with the Word of God about spitting on your corn and dancing in the Watusi? Well, I'll tell you. The Bible says seed time, then harvest. It says first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. So, it. I mean... You don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure out that that was a goofy word. That was not a prophecy. But 
Unusual instructions are coming. Now I want to share this prophetic word. In the upcoming days, you will be receiving some unusual instructions from your uncommon God. Some of these instructions will appear to be unreasonable and even senseless. Some of these instructions will seem to have no substance, with nothing in the natural on which to stand. But as you proceed in simple childlike faith, although your mind is reeling with questions, your obedience, your childlike faith, will explode into extraordinary levels of extreme greatness in the realm of the spirit. And dreams that you have been incubating for so long will manifest into the visible realm. But shore up, for with revelation comes persecution. Don't fear to be a fool for Christ's sake. For in that place of abandonment is the threshold to the greatest days of your life. And you will become a river of deliverance to a world in crisis. And isn't that where we're living? And that's what we all need to be. We need to have the answers. We don't need to just be parroting all the bad news. We need to tell, hey, you know what? Jesus is the answer for all this. The world's out of answers, folks. They don't know what they're doing. But Jesus always has been, always will be the answer. Everything we need, he already is. Romans 8, verse 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Sometimes I don't feel like I have much of it working in me. Sometimes I do some dumb stuff, say some dumb stuff, have some dumb emotions and things to deal with. But I have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. Now, the human brain weighs about three pounds, and it contains over 100 billion neurons, which are cells that carry information. That's impressive. A hundred billion cells carrying information in your brain. At any time. However, since we have the mind of Christ and he has been made unto us wisdom, our abilities are only limited to what he is limited to. So to say to yourself, self, don't limit God. When God gives us an instruction that comes from his limitless mind and we try to qualify its authenticity through our natural mind, that's where the heartache begins. (laughs) Our natural minds want to add natural ideas to God's ideas. They want to say, add this or delete that. It doesn't work that way. The mind tries to tell us that we must do something. We must Add our works to it or our knowledge to the instruction. The longer I live, folks, the more I realize I can't come up with anything to improve upon God's grace. 
And I cannot face one moment of one day without fully relying upon it. Jesus taught us in John 10.10 10, that his sheep hear his voice and a stranger's voice they will not follow. Amen? God's unusual instructions are not calculated through human understanding. They are perceived in the spirit. There was a distinguished, distinguished Indian, India, the country, not Indian, but India. Uh, I know. I, I, I am so animated and sometimes I try to calm down and it just comes out. So that's how I see the world. Probably about like a nine-year-old maybe. <laughs> but a distinguished Indian evangelist named Sadhu Chalupa. And he was on a mission trip north of Madras, India. And he was staying somewhere for the night. And in the middle of the night, he heard God speaking to him. And God said, get up and get out of this house right now. Run away. Now, that's not a convenient thing to do in the middle of the night in a place you don't even know where you are. But he was accustomed to strange instructions from the Lord. So what did he do? He put his clothes on and he ran out of the house. And he he didn't know where to go. He just started going. And so after a while, he was out like in an open country area. And as he passed beneath a large tree, uh, he felt God tell him, Stay here and start to preach. Okay. Get the picture. The middle of the night, the middle of nowhere, who are you going to preach to? There's nobody there, right? But he was obedient. and But he was puzzled. <laughs> he didn't know why, but he obeyed. But there was no one there to, to be seen. You know, why would God want me to preach out here in the middle of the night under this tree way out? Away from anything or anybody in an empty field. But he stopped under the tree and he began to preach. And finally he reached the point in his message where he called on his unseen listeners to give their lives to Jesus. And he was surprised to hear a voice coming from the top of the tree above him and a man crying, climbing down. The man tearfully gave his life to Jesus. And when Chalepa asked why he was out there in the tree in the middle of nowhere, he said, I came out here to hang myself. Wow. Unusual instructions from our uncommon God. We need them, folks. In the day we're living in, we need them. We need them desperately. I know I want to hear God's voice and be obedient to it no matter what he tells me to do. And I know you want the very same thing. And I don't want to explain away his instructions or or procrastinate his instructions. I want to follow with swift obedience. See, Jesus lived like that always, always. Um one time, Walt and I were on vacation in Orlando, um, and I know that I know that Brother Horton thinks that Tulsa is the holy city, but to me, Orlando was the holy city. 
I loved Orlando. I was found and determined we were going to move to Orlando. We built a beautiful home near Orlando, and it wasn't to be. It was a very good idea, but it was not a very God plan, so it didn't happen. But, man, we sold that house we built, and we made hundreds of thousands of dollars off of it, so it ain't all bad, right? It ain't all bad. Um, But where was I? Oh, we were in Orlando. At that particular point on that trip, we were staying in a condo, and um, we got up, and when he got up, he heard, I don't know if you he heard a voice or if he just had an impression of his spirit. Sometimes it's a voice, sometimes it's not, but call your brother. And he said, oh, I will. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to have my coffee. So he drinks his coffee, and he hears it again. Call Larry. And um, he says, yeah, yeah, I will. We're going to the pool right now. We got all our stuff here. We're going to the pool. So we go down to the pool, and he sits down in the lawn chair, and he hears it again. Well, he's got his phone, and he calls Larry. Larry says, I can't believe you called me right now. And he said, why, Larry? He said, if you'd have called me two minutes from now, you wouldn't have gotten me. And he said, why, Larry, you getting ready to go somewhere? He said, no, I have a gun right here, and I was preparing to kill myself. Unusual instructions, when followed, can save somebody's life. Yours or someone else's, a family member. There's so many stories of people who their parents prayed for them in the middle of the night, and they were in an emergency situation. And God sent an angel and saved them. Or, you know, something miraculous happened. Numerous numerous people throughout the scriptures obeyed unusual instructions from God, didn't they? Very unusual instructions. God told Moses to throw a log into a body of poisoned bitter water, and it would be sweet and clear. What's in a log to purify poison water? Obedience, faith, that's what was in it. And the water was cleared. Um, God told Hosea to marry a prostitute as a message of his people's unfaithfulness and idolatry to him. But then he said, if they'd return to him, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. Oh, what a God you are. What a God you are. What a God you are. Hallelujah. God told Isaiah to walk around barefoot in his underwear or naked, whichever one you want to, whichever translation you want to take, um, for three and a half years to demonstrate how the king of Assyria would lead the Egyptians and the Ethiopians captive. Now, I don't know if he was in his underwear or I don't know if he was naked, but walking around either way for three and a half years is really kind of humiliating, I think. But if you read in that scripture, it says that it would represent how these people would be taken away captive with their buttocks showing. So unless he was wearing a thong, I don't, you know, I don't know how, if it was underwear, that they would see his buttocks, you know. I'll ask God about that when I get there. Or or I'll just ask Isaiah. That's it. Yeah. Say, how did that feel, brother? God told Abraham to leave his home and his family. And he left, the Bible says, going 
not knowing where he would go. Wow. Wow. Jesus used mud and spit salve to open blind eyes, right? Uh, he told Peter to go get the tax money out of a fish's mouth. Can you imagine if J.R. came up to you, Kathy, and said, you know what, I know it's red tide and all the fish are dead, but there's that the 19 fish you see down at the beach, the dead one laying there, he's going to have money in his mouth. Go get it. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, these, these things sound so absurd when we apply them to ourselves. It's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's in the Bible. But what about when God starts calling on us to do these unusual things? Jesus always knew what to do in every situation. Why? Because of John five nineteen and 20. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, those also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that he himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. And then what did Jesus do? He turned around and said to us, the works that I do, you'll do also, and even greater works. Wow! Wow! I want that. I want that. I want to see that. The world needs to see Jesus. We've heard stories of people who at the last minute, they had a trip planned, and at the last minute they didn't get on the plane, and then that plane crashed. We heard stories from 9-11 from people who didn't even know why, but they just decided not to go to work that day. God has instructions that can save us from terrible things. And like I said before, even death. These instructions can come to us through him speaking to us, through him speaking to us through his word, or through another person. I mean, you can't limit him. He talks through a donkey one time. I mean, we can't limit how he how he's going to give us his instructions. Uh, Isaiah 30.21 says, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. In 2020, when Walt was diagnosed with throat cancer, um, we didn't know what to do. I mean, we didn't know where to go or or anything. Uh, But we heard the name of a doctor from our family doctor, and we had also heard that same name from a doctor at the hospital where he was. And so we just felt like we wanted to go to that doctor. So I called him, and he was needing immediate attention. Everybody had made that perfectly clear. I called them, and they said, no, I'm sorry. It would be months before we could take another new patient. Months. I'm, I'm sorry. We did, you know, we can't help you. Like, okay, thank you. So we got the name of another place, and we called, and we made the appointment, and he went, and he saw that doctor, and that doctor said, well, we'll just cut that thing out of there, and then we'll send it off to pathology and see what it is. Well, we aren't doctors. We don't know. I mean, he's the one supposed to know what's going on. But, I mean, no biopsy, no nothing. Just cut it out of there and send it to pathology. So we go to church over in Tampa, 
And um, I know Kathy appreciates these stories. Tampa, yeah. Um, Pastor Billy Burke prays for Walt. He and um, his his one of his elders, John, had told him that Walt was fighting cancer, and it wasn't really a a healing meeting. It was a um, just a Bible study meeting. But after the meeting, he he prayed for Walt. We were kind of in a back room off to the side. And uh, when he got done praying for Walt, he said, where are you going? What doctor? He told him, well, Pastor Billy had never heard of that doctor. He just looks at both of us and he says, is that where you really want to go? And we were both so shocked because we knew we, it wasn't where we wanted to go. The other doctor was where we wanted to go. And we didn't answer him quick enough, so he got emphatic. Is that where you really want to go? And I said, no, it really isn't. We There was another doctor that we really wanted to go to, but they weren't, wouldn't take any new patients for months. And he didn't say anything else. He just left it there. But you know how after somebody says something like that to you, the Holy Spirit just goes all the way home with you chewing on it. And so... Uh, we get home, and the next day, or that was on a Saturday night, the following Monday, I called the original doctor that we wanted, and I said, I know I've already called you once. I said, but I am ju- just, my husband just really, really wants this doctor to be his doctor. And... um they, the ladies kind of listened and she's, you know, she's one of these all business type people. So you don't really know if you're getting through or not. You know, she might be painting her nails while you're talking to us. I don't know. Anyway, but she's just very, sounds very indifferent, but I go on with my little story and I can't even remember what all I said now. But this was like on March the 5th. She said, how about March 10th? Could he come in then? I'm like, yeah, don't you know it? So we go to this doctor. Well, he does a biopsy and says, yes, it is cancer. And he says, your treatment, your treatment needs to be radiation and chemotherapy. And, um, I don't know why. I mean, we didn't have a piece about the chemotherapy. We, I mean, the radiation, I don't know, did it, it sounded okay, but we didn't have a piece about the chemotherapy. And so we prayed that he wouldn't have to have the chemotherapy. And so we, but, I asked the doctor, I said, because of what that other doctor had said, I said, what about surgery? Would that be an option for this? He said, oh, no. I think he said, hell no, actually. Pretty emphatic. He's not the, he's not the, he's not the most polished apple in the batch, but he said, if we did surgery on that, he said, we would have to take out so much of his tongue that he would not be able to talk anymore. He would have to have a feeding tube because he would never be able to eat again. And he wouldn't be able to swallow, so he would just sit and drool for the rest of his life. No food. No, unable to swallow. All of that, you know. And I'm like, thank you, God. And thank you, Pastor Billy, for hearing from God, you know. But what if we would just blew that off? Because, I mean, the surgery was already scheduled at the hospital. He had the date and everything. And they were calling me up and asking me about it. And uh, I said, no, I called and canceled that surgery. They're like, well, it's still on the books. And I said, no, he's not going to have it. 
And they said, well, we're going to call and tell Dr. What's-His-Face that you canceled. I said, that's fine. I'll call myself. So I called them and told them that we canceled the surgery. And um, so they call me back, and they're like, Dr. So-and-so is really worried about him not having the surgery. He really thinks he needs to have it. This is this is a good possibility. This is cancer. I said, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. But we're, we're just going a different route. But, there, I mean, there, there's just things that a word from God makes all the difference in the world. And it's unusual for somebody, for a preacher to say, is that the doctor you really want? Probably not so unusual for Pastor Billy because he's kind of like that. But, um, for you know, in generally speaking, um, that, that's pretty unusual. And when you're hearing God's voice and you're following his instructions, it often will require a response of no to some things. And people don't like that much. They don't like that much. But too bad. I honestly believe that our world is in such a wretched state that they need some instruction, unusual instructions from God, from people of God to help them. Um, and... When you, when there's things, man, I, whew, I didn't know if I was going to include this story or not, but I really feel like I need to. Do any of you know who Happy Caldwell is? He's an Arkansas pastor. He's in the Word of Faith movement. Good friend with the Savelles and Copelands and all that. And Happy and Jeannie Caldwell, pastor church in Little Rock. Well, they, well, there was one day, it was on Saturday, they were home. They had been traveling. They were tired. They, they're very, very busy people in ministry. And um, Jeannie gets a call from some relatives of hers that are in Little Rock. And they want Happy and Jeannie to drive clear across town and meet them and have a meal with them. And so she says, okay. And, and she don't want to go. Nothing in her is telling her to go. And she tells Happy, she's like, well, it's family. So I guess we'll go. Well, on the way there, they got hit by a truck or something. Anyway, it messed her up so bad. She had a big rod in her back, and she was in constant pain for a long time. I think eventually down the road, God did heal her. But she said, what if I just would have followed that sensation that I had that I don't want to go? The accident wouldn't have happened. And I just loved that she was transparent enough to tell the story to help all the rest of us. Because sometimes we need some encouragement to be able to say no sometimes. It's hard, particularly when it's people that we love or family or close friends. But we got to hear God. we got to hear God in everything. Proverbs 22.3 says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on. And are punished. Where does he hide himself? He hides himself in the secret place. He is in that place worshiping, praising, praying, and listening to God. And in, in closing, I want to share part of a prof, another prophetic word that this one I received on November 4th, 2017. But God told me it's for tonight, too. I've never had the opportunity to share it anywhere. So you all are getting the first editions on two of the prophetic words there. God knows you're hungry. He knows you're not playing games with him. 
Okay, here's the here's the word. In this hour, the spirit of the Lord is looking for listeners. Many love to talk, but few want to listen. They are content to go on in the power of their plans, their minds, their ideas, without first listening for my voice and my plan. Many who say they have heard my voice have been deceived by vain babblings. I am not heard in the busyness of man's plan. I am heard by few. Although I have promised my sheep will hear my voice, few will listen. Much ministry has been constructed by the words of man without the leading of my voice. That is why power is diminished in ministry and churches. Ministry that comes from my heart is selfless. Ministry birthed from my voice hears the heartache of others and responds by my spirit. Those attempting to minister without listening will hear the imaginations of their minds instead of the revelation of the spirit. They are filled with their own desires and motives and are so filled with themselves that my heart cannot be truly formed within them. Therefore, their ministry becomes self-serving. This is a day where listeners will arise as if from obscurity and will do exploits for only listeners know my heart. For those who really want to know me and to those who press in instead of pressing forward in their own strength, I will reveal my heart and I will speak to them as friend to friend. Many will hear this invitation, but only a few will follow it. They love the sound of their own thoughts and their own voices too much to be still and hear mine. Be still and you will learn that I truly am God and I yearn for those to whom I can reveal myself. Be still, be still, be silent before me and in the silence, I will show you the desires of my heart and they will spill over into your heart. And when your heart is my heart and your delight is in me, then your heart's desires will truly be fulfilled. Church, you're going to be getting some unusual instructions in the upcoming days. That's why this word's put out here to you tonight. So don't be surprised. Don't be scared. Don't freak out and don't say, oh, that couldn't be God. Try it. Try the spirits. Pray. Seek God and develop that relationship in the secret place where he's talking to you in there. And that'll make it so much easier out here in the busyness of life to hear what he has to say. As I said before, some of these instructions will appear unreasonable and even senseless, but they will release God's power. In your life when you obey them. Thank you, Lord. Let's just worship him for a minute. Lord, we just worship you. We, we come before you, God, and, and we want, we want to hear your voice. We want to be used by you. We want to make a difference in this crazy world we're living in. Jesus, we want you to shine through us. We just yield ourselves to you tonight. We yield ourselves to you tonight. Have your way. God, it's not easy to listen. It's much easier to talk. But help us to listen. Teach us to be listeners. Remind us of these words tonight where you said, be still, be still. Help us, Lord, to learn to be still and to be in the secret place, worshiping, 
praising, praying, and listening. Listening. We want to answer the cry of your heart for listeners. We want to be those people to whom you can reveal your innermost thoughts, your desires, your plans. God, we know that you have a plan for each and every person in this room, and you're not finished. If you were finished, we wouldn't be in this room. We'd already be in heaven. So, God, we just say, have your way. Have your way. Have your way, God. We yield to you. We yearn for you. We long for you, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There, there's a healing presence here right now. If you, if you need healing in your body and, and you have faith to believe that God will touch you tonight, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, I pray for every single person who's raised their hands tonight. And I just release the healing power of Jesus in each one. The healing power of Jesus. The healing power of Jesus. I break the spirit of hopelessness in Jesus' name. And I release healing, healing and miracles, healing and miracles. Some of the questions that you've been asking me, the Lord says, tonight you were here for this. Because when he tells you some things, they're going to sound unusual. And you would have opportunity to question. But you obeyed God and you're where he wanted you to be tonight. So you're, you're not going to have to wander 40 years in the wilderness trying to figure out what's the shortest route to the promised land. You're obedient and he sees that and you love him and you're after his heart. And he's going to show you some extraordinary things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Healing, healing, healing. In Jesus' name, healing, complete healing. I curse sickness and disease and every work of the devil in her body. In Jesus' name, and I loose her. And I say, total, total healing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I re- I've been praying for you. I don't remember everything you told me that you were fighting but there, but I know there was a lot of but right now I'm hearing something about your blood. Blood cancer? That's what it is? Leukemia. Okay. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we just break leukemia and cancer of every form in her body in the name of Jesus. And we say this blood is purified by the blood of Jesus and the stripes of Jesus. Healing, healing, and miracle testimony. I know her, God. You give her a miracle, she'll tell everybody. And that's right. And God, that's what we're believing for. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
healing, total and complete healing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Have you got something going on in your bones? Your hip and your knee? That's what I'm, I'm hearing, bones. Well, you remember there was a bunch of bones that God had the prophet speak to? We're going to speak to these bones tonight. In Jesus' name, we speak to this hip. We speak knee. We decree and we declare healing. God, I don't care if it takes a creative miracle. That's okay. We just reach our faith into the warehouse of heaven and we call down a new knee, a new hip. Whatever she needs in Jesus' name. To you be the glory. To you be the glory, God. And we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. I love to pray for people. I love to pray for people. I love to see Jesus touch people. In the name of Jesus, healing, wholeness, life, in Jesus' name. And, and emotional healing as well, in Jesus' name. Emotional healing. Sometimes broken hearts and emotional things hurt us more. And I don't know anything in the natural what I'm talking about here. I'm just going with what the Spirit of God's giving me. But I just decree an emotional and a heart healing in Jesus' name. And physical healing as well. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I just break the shackles of the past and say loose him and let him go let him have faith and trust and a fresh perspective and a new hope in Jesus name in Jesus name cool you have a daughter yeah. no you have a son yes. a son what's his name Trip. We're going Trip. T-R-I-B. is everything good between you and him mm-hmm. real good good Good, good. How old is he? He's 31. Is, now, where's he at in his walk with God? Is he okay? Uh, he's going through catechism tonight. Catechism. He's going to convert to Catholicism. His, I'm sure they're going to get married, but his his uh, girlfriend is very, they're very young, spiritual. Okay. Catholic church. So. Okay. So he, and, and I told him, I said, that's great. How do we get the message? Yeah. Well, in the name of Jesus, whatever, Lord, we just pray for your blood and your salvation to be active in both he and this girl he's going to marry. And it's not dependent on what church they're going to, but their relationship with you. And, God, we just pray that you will just be revealed to both of them in a fresh, dynamic way. And that Satan has no place in this relationship. In Jesus' name. Trip. Trib. Trib. Tribute. Tribute. Oh, well, that's a cool name. That's a cool name. Okay, somebody back here had your hand up. Gerald did. All right. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I send the healing word of God, the strength of God, the restoring power of God. Into her body in Jesus' name. I pray for her digestive tract. I pray for every part of her, God. She's redeemed. She's redeemed in Jesus' name. 
in Jesus' name. And I and, and, and even after tonight, I pray that she'll immediately see a marked difference. And we give you all the glory, Lord Jesus. We give you all glory in Jesus' name. Oh, God's got some... You're a little firebrand for Jesus, and everybody knows that, but he's going to use you with some of his unusual instructions. It's going to scare the snot out of some people, but that's all right. It's all right. You're just bold enough to speak it anyway, and they can get it later. Thank you, Lord. Just use her in this way, God, to the praise of your glory. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Hallelujah. Well, I think I've prayed for everybody but Walt and Jerry, so I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch Jerry, God. Touch him. Give him strength. Give him peace. Give him power. Give him a new walk with you in a realm that he's never known before. God, reward his faithfulness openly. He has worked and sown and just been available for your kingdom. And God, I just pray that you will just reward he and Marie openly in the days ahead. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Father, I just pray for Walt. I thank you for this man. I live with him. I know what he's all about. and It's all good. God, I just pray a blessing upon him. I pray your strength to resonate through him. I pray for his hearing to be restored. I speak to these ears to hear. I pray for every work of the devil that would try to steal his health to be gone. In Jesus' name. And God, that there'll never be another form of any kind of cancer in his body. No, um, mind things, no dementia, but his strength and his mind will be sharp and his hearing be restored in Jesus name. In Jesus name. I, I feel the power of God going into your ears big time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You got it. I just want to encourage you. I want to show you one thing. Uh, uh, I could go on to a lot of things I want to share ideas. Uh, but to have possibilities of work to be as you need to do that.
But if I had you write down ten things that make you happy, like my grandchildren or uh, a beautiful fall walk through the woods, something not I put my uh, my hair turned out right today, but ten things make you happy. I will tell you this: if you can look, write them down. And you stay in the center of those thin things. You'll find your health will increase. You'll find you see if if, if obviously if I uh, if I don't want to uh, if I'm out in a boat put a life jacket on. If something happens I, that, that that I fall overboard, well, I got a life jacket. I can I can I can make it. The ha- you ha- the joy of the Lord is what anybody your strength. Most of the time. All the 45 years I'm a deputy, most of the time I find people, their their life is a wreck. I find out they're living outside of what makes them happy. Maybe I'm a baseball player and I'm playing football and I'm not happy. But write down 10 things, find out what makes you happy, stay in the center of it. Huh? Father, we thank you for everybody that's come forth tonight. Lord, I don't take it as... A coincidence. I don't take it that this is just something we do. I believe this day was assigned from the beginning of creation. And I believe everybody who has made an effort to be here tonight will be rewarded. Pam has prayed for these people. There's been faith reached out and got a hold of. And I believe it's going to grow and grow and grow. And people who have had prayer tonight will see a turnabout in the things the devil's been doing. So I pray tonight as we leave this place, we won't leave the prayer. It will go into our future and it will produce a harvest and we will reap that which we have prayed for tonight. For we have asked it and we believed for it and we received it. In Jesus' name, amen.